0: If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. We're looking at Luke 11 today. We're going to go from verses 34, uh, sorry, 37 to 54. And the title of the message is, Telling the Truth at the Table. Telling the truth at the table because... In this text, it's titled that because in this text, Jesus gets invited to dinner. And the brother who invited him probably never would invite him back again because he told him the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the, you say it. That's right, the truth. And this is consistent with who Jesus is. Right? We give thanks for people who tell us the truth. He told Thomas the truth when Thomas was struggling with doubt. He told the woman at the well the truth when she was struggling in her life. He told Peter the truth when Peter was overconfident, saying, I'd never deny you told him the truth. Here's the thing about Jesus, though. When he tells you the truth, it's not to shame you. The other night I was putting Irie to bed, and I came real close to him, and he said, you know that cat? He goes, Dada, what is that coming out of your mouth? I said, can you smell my breath? It was late. I was like, that's Dada's bread. He's like, mm, dada. Dada need help. Yeah. I said you better shut your mouth. I'd pay for that bed, you know. But he told me the truth to help me. I knew I needed to brush my teeth before I went to sleep. It's the same thing with Jesus when he tells you the truth. It's to help you. It's not to shame you. Jesus tells the truth to help and protect his people. And the truth he tells in this text helps us and protects us. Verse 37 says, as he was speaking, so Jesus just finished preaching a little bit, and it says, the Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. When the Pharisee saw this, He was amazed that he did not first perform the ritual washing before dinner. So he invites Jesus over, and the way you and I are shocked at gas prices, he is shocked that Jesus doesn't wash his hands before he eats. He has no category for this. you got to understand, this has nothing to do with hygiene. See, Pharisees thought, and you got to think about this, Jesus was just in a big crowd of people. Now he's in his house. Pharisees thought that if you touch certain things, if you touch certain people, you became unclean. And so this ritual washing was a way to keep yourself morally pure. So Jesus here notices his amazement and he takes the opportunity to tell this man the truth. Here's the thing the truth Jesus tells us protects us from living like hypocrites. The truth Jesus tells protects us from living like hypocrites. Hypocrites are concerned with outward appearances. Look at verse 39. It says, But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and evil. Fools! Didn't he who made the outside make the inside too, but give from what is within to the poor, and then everything is clean for you? Jesus is like, you look good on the outside, but you're a mess on the inside. See, they didn't care. This is what's going on here. They didn't care about cleaning out the greed and evil that was within their hearts. See, in the context, remember we talked about this last week, right? Darkness and light. In the context here, Jesus looks at this man and he says, You are not filled with light. You are still full of darkness. And what you have here is the light of the world calling this man to the light. He says, verse 41, give from within to the poor and everything is clean for you. This is the way to clean the greed and the evil out, to give, to be generous, See, what this man's action shows you is that you can do a lot of religious things with a heart that's very far from God. With a heart that's not close to God at all. We can be singing, we can be lifting them hands, all that kind of stuff. And you're not as close to God as you think you are. And what this reminds you is not to neglect your heart. Bible says, keep your heart with all vigilance, right? From um, um Amit flows the springs of life. Hypocrites are concerned with their own little rules. Look at verse 41, sorry, 42. says, but woe to you, Pharisees, you give a tenth of mint and rue and every kind of herb and you bypass justice and love for God. These things you should have done without neglecting the others. Tithing is something that is commanded by God in the Old Testament. But here you see the Pharisees are actually taking, tithing to the extreme. They're tithing a tenth of small little herbs. What you have are brothers who are focused on a small thing while neglecting a big thing. They're focused on a small thing while neglecting a big thing. You're like, what's the big thing? Turn to somebody and say, what's the big thing? It's in the text. Here it is. They bypass justice and love for God. How did they bypass justice? They refused to help the poor. They did not help those who had less than them. Tony Evans says, "Get my Bible reading plan out the way, proof that one is clean on the inside is demonstrated through service to others. Watch this particularly giving to those who can do nothing in return. That is a sign that your heart has changed. See, when God takes you out of darkness and and puts you into light, you stop worrying about checking boxes and you start focusing about caring for people. And so it's no longer just box checking. You have a heart that is sensitive to God and sensitive towards other people. They bypass justice because justice is hard work. It's not an easy thing to do. That's why they, they this, it's easy just to give some things. But it's very hard to actually commit yourself to justice and doing it. And our culture is talking a ton about justice and wanting, and that's, all that stuff is good. But let's not like neglect the fact that it takes work for us to do Biblical justice. That's the other thing. There's a difference to the kind of justice that's talked about in our culture and biblical justice takes real hard work. We have to depend on the Holy Spirit and pray for God's help. We need God's help. We have to know and study the scriptures. You got to know what the word says. We have to listen, study, and participate in the culture, know what is going on. We have to propose balanced And God glorifying, God honoring, people helping solutions, not just ones that fit us. We have to be prepared to sacrifice time, energy, and resources. We have to listen, support, and help the people who have been hurt and disrespected. We have to step in in those places. And we have to handle ourselves in a way that is pleasing to God. It takes work they bypass the hard work and go for what is easy and he says in verse 43 woe to you pharisees you love the seat the front seat in the synagogue they like to be up front and the sorry and and the and the greetings in the marketplace they want to be known they they act like this right Jesus says you love being up front you love when you're out in public for people to say, hi, what's going on? What's up? You love all that. And you know why? Because they believe they're above people. See, what Jesus says, the truth he tells protects us from becoming and acting really prideful. What you have here are brothers who think they're above people. And you've got to understand this. The, the Pharisees, you know who they are? They're the spiritual leaders. They're the, they're the ones leading the people. And it tells you this is a trap that leaders can fall into very quickly. That it's actually one of the biggest draws when you're in leadership. In any, whether it's in church leadership, business leadership, whatever it is, a big draw to to become prideful and to think that you're above people and better than people and that there are certain privileges that should be just given to you because of the, the spot you're in. That's a prideful way of thinking and living, but I want you to know there's a way to avoid it. You know how we avoid it? We listen to the truth that Jesus tells us. Jesus says in Luke 22, he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who have authority over them, uh, them have themselves called benefactors. There's this idea again. You got to call me something special. It is not to be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever is great among you should become like the one younger, and whoever leads like the one serving. Leadership is about serving. Healthy leaders know that good leadership means you take the lowest place. Good leadership means you give credit to other people, and you give them opportunities to lead, not just lording it, making it all about yourself. Good leaders know and believe that good leadership is about trusting God for the future reward. And that when we know that there is a reward coming for the roles that God's given us, it it stops us from snatching all those little privileges and thinking that certain things are to come to us that don't go to every one else, then Jesus says, "You are like in verse forty-four, unmarked graves." Think about that. You are like unmarked grave. They think they're big time. They feel nice. They want. They want respect. They want everybody to bow down to them. And Jesus looks at them and he says, "You're dead." See, pride is deceptive. That's what that text is teaching you. Pride deceives you into faulty thinking. And if you don't resist pride in your life, it will destroy you. See, the Bible says the prideful person, God opposes. When you're prideful, God is against you. When you're humble, God is with you, willing to help you, showing you grace and mercy. One more thing. Then I'm going to let you go. The truth Jesus tells us protects us from ignoring God's message. Remember, Jesus is telling this man the truth at the table. The, The truth Jesus tells us protects us from ignoring God's message. Here's the thing. We ignore the message by adding to it. We ignore the message of God by adding to it. Verse 45 says, one of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. So there's some other people there now, and they're listening. They're like, "Shayon texted me this week, and he said, you know, the way this man responds is like, hey, Jesus, you're hurting my feelings. You insult us? I'm hurt. You insult us too. Now, experts in the law weren't, weren't defense attorneys. They were expert in the Torah, the first five books. They, they interpreted the word. He says... Verse 46, then he says, he said, woe to you, woe also to you experts in the law. You load people with burdens that are too, that are hard to carry. And yet you yourselves don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers. So they would interpret the law and then you know what they would do? They would add to it. They would add extra rules. They would put extra things in. That's why Jesus says that when you do that, you are loading people with burdens that are too hard to carry and I want you to notice that they are hypocrites too that just like the pharisees describes here they're hypocrites you know how why because Jesus says and you said and and yet you yourselves don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers they don't do the things they preach they preach but they don't practice they don't help they're playing God, and they don't care about people. They're adding to the word, and they don't help the people who are, who are under the burden of the things that they're saying. It's easy to preach. It's very hard to practice. That's mostly why I'm scared of my job. Because I get to talk a lot up here. And God shows me all the time. I spent most this week just kind of repenting of hypocrisy. Because it's so hard to stand in front of you and tell you, here's what God says, right? And But it's very hard to walk out of here and then do those things. And so I'm, I take this, this chance to ask you, always pray for me. Because I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I am sometimes. Pray for me. Pray for yourself. That we would be people who preach and practice. I want to clarify something. We all have moments of hypocrisy. Right? Come on. Don't leave me up here. You're like, oh, you're telling us Mar, but we never do all that. We all have moments of hypocrisy. Right? Because we are growing. God is changing us. We are not as, we're not glorified yet, theologically. We're getting there, though. We gonna get home. But here's the thing. If you have unbroken hypocrisy in your life and you're claiming the name of Christ, hear me on this. Unbroken hypocrisy, hypocritical living. It's a sign that you got to check yourself to see if you're actually in the faith. We all struggle with sin. We all have hypocritical moments. But if it's unbroken years going on of hypocrisy, you might not be in the faith. And I say that as a warning, again, not to shame, but to say we have to always be checking ourselves. We ignore the message by rejecting God's messengers. Verse 47, he says, Woe to you, you build tombs for the prophets, and your your fathers kill them. Therefore, you are witness that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they kill them, and you build their monuments. Monuments. Because of this, the wisdom of God said, "I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them will kill and persecute. Uh, they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world, from the blood of Abel." to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible. Abel was the first man killed in the Bible. Zechariah, the prophet, was the last man killed. You know who killed him? King Joash. 2 Chronicles 24. Do you know why? He killed him because he just didn't like what the brother had to say he just didn't like his the message he brought here's the thing sometimes the messengers of god have to bring a hard word and they say things that you don't you don't want to hear sometimes they say things sometimes that is not Easy to hear. It's hard to hear. But when you get a hard word, the the temptation in your flesh is to be like, ah, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. That woman doesn't know what she's talking about. And just to reject it, don't do that. Listen to what is being said. Examine what is being said. Ask God, where do I actually need to maybe make some changes based on what is said? But again... This this message has a has a few clarifications. Here comes another one. Just because we the messenger of God brings a hard word doesn't give them the freedom ever ever to be rough, to be rude, and to be disrespectful. Yes, sometimes a hard word needs to be given, but that word Always, and just sometimes you might have to give a hard word to somebody just in your life. Sometimes you're the messenger of God going to a brother or sister. But you need to do it with courage because sometimes it's not easy to tell the people the truth. Compassion, care, and concern. It's got to come from the right heart. We give a hard word, but we do it in a way that honors God and reflects Jesus. And he says to them, you build monuments to the prophets. When they do this, you're like, what? what does that mean? When they do it, they're saying, we would never be like our fathers. The people of the last generation, we would never do what they do. They killed the prophets, but we would never do that. So here you see now, they're also prideful. They're saying, we would never behave like that. If a prophet came to us, we would love them, we would, we would receive them. Here's the thing. There's a prophet right in front of them. And they show him no love. They will not give him his flowers. If anything, they want to, reju- they want to kill him. Jesus says, you're doing the same thing. Hebrews says that Jesus is the, is the last. Hebrews 1 to uh, 3 says Jesus is the last and final prophet. God has spoken to us. By his son. And here's the thing. They don't, they don't listen to Jesus. They're rejecting Jesus. They want him gone. Look at 53. When he left there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to oppose him fiercely and to cross-examine him about many things. And watch this. They were lying in wait for him to trap him in something he said. This Phrase here, they were opposing him. And this idea that they were lying in wait. You know what it means? They were actually now beginning to hunt Jesus. They were looking, they were just looking for, for something to get him in. And there's a word here for us as a church. It's a word about people. It's a word about people. Not Every person who comes into your life is for you. There are some people right now, they're smiling at you while scheming. Not every person who comes into your life is for you. That's why we have to be wise with the things that we say. Don't just tell everybody everything. We got to be wise with the people that we let close to us. Don't just let anybody in your life. We have to be wise about the things that we post and put out there discerning. Now, here comes another clarification. I'm not saying you should never trust anybody. Amen? Jessica's smiling at me, so I know that was a good one. I'm not saying you shouldn't trust, you should never trust people. What I'm saying is you need to be discerning. You need to be wise. When you're thinking about dating somebody, you need to be wise. When you're thinking about starting a friendship with somebody, when you're thinking about considering a job offer that's just been put in front of you, just be, think about it. When you're networking, when you're sharing, when you're making business deals, not every single person who's smiling and telling you that you're great is actually for you. Be wise, be sensible. Ask for God's wisdom and direction in everything. This is your life. It's not a game. It's not a joke. Take everything Seriously, this last thing. We ignore the message by denying people access to the truth. We ignore the message by denying people access to the truth. Verse 52, woe to you experts in the law. You have taken away the key of knowledge. You didn't go in yourselves, and yet you hinder those who are trying to go in. The key of knowledge, the key here is Jesus. See in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 8, verse 15 says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from among your brothers. You must listen to him. They this remember this, the scribes, experts in the Old Testament. They studied the scriptures. All the time. But here you see that they missed the entire point of the Bible. They looked at the word, but they didn't actually pay attention. They missed the whole thing because they're not listening to Jesus. They're getting ready to reject Jesus. And here's the thing. The whole point of the Bible, all of Scripture is pointing to Jesus Christ. They knew the word, and then they rejected the word. All of it is pointing to Jesus Christ. They missed the whole point of the Bible. In Luke 24, Jesus comes after his resurrection, and he's just walking with some brothers on the road to Emmaus, and it says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets. He interpreted for them the things concerning himself in All, not some. All the scriptures. All the scriptures. Jesus says that whole thing is about me. And when you read the word, wherever you are, that's what you got to remember, that it's about Jesus Christ. When you're discipling somebody in our church, you got to tell them that the whole thing is about Jesus Christ, to get you close to him, to know him, to allow him to see his love for you, and for your love for him to grow, read it the right way. And when you're witnessing about Jesus Christ, you say the whole scripture, yeah, there's some parts that are confusing, yeah, there's some parts that I don't understand, and I'm standing here telling you, I'm around the Bible a lot, there's a lot of things I'm like, I don't get that but here's what you got to know it's all about Jesus Christ the Bible is always telling you that we are sinful people but there is a savior coming to rescue us and then it tells you in the New Testament that that savior has come he has given his life for you he is resurrected he is on the throne he is coming again he loves you he has sent the spirit who is living inside of you he is guiding you every single day that's what the word says and what you are to do, what I am to do every day is to give thanks to God. Like what Shea said, we are not here without a word. The word has told us the truth and he has told us to listen to me and every single day when you pick up the scriptures remember it's about your king and your king tells you what is best for you he tells you the truth in the middle of a world that's telling you lies he's telling you that he loves you in a middle of a world where people look at you and they say that and then they turn on you jesus would never do that to you he loves you he is the truth he tells the truth and that's why the father says To you and to me, listen to him. Listen to him. See, when he was sitting in front of these Pharisees and the scribes, Lori, I think you can come now. I forgot to tell you that. When he was sitting in front of them, that's what he wanted. See, you look at this text and you're like, man, Jesus is rough. He calls them fools. But remember what I said at the beginning. Jesus tells you the truth not to shame you. He tells you the truth to help you because he wants to protect us from pride that destroys. Because he wants to protect us from being consistently hypocritical. He doesn't want that for us and for our life. Jesus wants the best for you and for me. He loves us enough to tell us the truth. And so when he's talking to these brothers, when he's at this dinner, do you know what he wants more than anything else? For them to repent. For them to see that they're in darkness. But that light is in front of them. And that there was a way out of the darkness. And it was through faith in Jesus Christ. He told the truth, not to hurt, but to help. And so we give thanks for our savior. We give thanks to someone who's willing to tell us what we need to hear. And when you open the word of God, that's exactly what's going on. Jesus looks at you and he says, I'm your Lord and King. But I'm also your friend. And I'm telling you what you need to hear so you can walk right. I'm reminding you of what you need to hear so you can know how loved you are. I'm reminding you of what you need to hear so when everything looks crazy and all over the place, you would understand that God is in control and that all will be made right. I'm reminding you of what you need to hear so you endure, so you keep the faith, so you do not give up. Hear me, my brothers and sisters. Listen to him. It's the way to stay in the light. Stand with me as we pray. Father, we want to follow you we thank you that you sent your son who told the truth to help us and protect us we pray that you would help us to walk in the truth live by the truth trust in the truth our savior who never lies to us who never lies to us tells us what we need to hear and helps us by the power of the Spirit to live the things he has told us. And so we give you praise, we give you glory for your goodness to us and giving us the word. And God, we pray for a fresh and supernatural anointing on all of us as we lift our voice in song and as we go through those doors out into a a broken world to, to help us Live by the truth, walk with the truth, and point others to the truth, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.